more eagerly anticipated than Monday Night Nitro in 1997. It's fourth time's a charm. The only podcast for every week is a brand new podcast concept. I am your producer, Ben, alongside your director of the day, Matt. And Matt, boy, do we have a unique episode today. Oh, yes, we do. Today's episode is wholly unique. No no, no other podcaster has done this kind of concept. All right, Ben, are you ready for this innovation? Do you think the fans, fan out there is ready for this kind of innovation? Well, you know, Matt, now that we have our greatest number one fan, we can actually find out because Brennan... We know you you. listen to us, and you are officially our biggest fan. You didn't just tell us you were our biggest fan once, but you did it twice on our Twitter account. You were the only person who follows our Twitter because I stopped promoting it because I don't tweet anything to it. But Brennan says, I don't care. I don't give a bleep. I am going to go out there. I'm going to follow them, and I'm going to be the first person to start the revolution. And Brennan... You are the revolution. Renan, you're as amazing as the concept of this episode. And and so for no, this no, no, week... No, 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 we're not there yet, Matt. We have our number one fan, and, and we're not just going to give up on him like that. We would first like to say thank you, Brennan. Thank you, Brennan. We would like to say we love you, Brennan. We That's appreciate ben. you, Brennan. Brennan is extremely uncomfortable right now do you read sutter kane brennan answer us on brennan, instagram. what's what's your favorite food no he doesn't have instagram he only has twitter well that's that's why he is less important to me brennan, brennan if you if you want me to love you make an instagram account brennan what is your favorite food what is your favorite color what do you like to wear brennan if you want a podcast about anything just just send us a message on twitter and we'll do it Use the more the, friends you, you, you get, the, the, the more friends you show the message. show, like the more we will do for you. We can do a Brennan podcast where we just look up details about you in your LinkedIn or something. Or right, can, that's you can it. ask me to eat random foods during the podcast and Ben has to try to guess what they are. <laughs> All right, that that's it. You can go ahead, Matt. In actuality, what we're going to be talking about today is... A tremendously innovative idea. Ben, I asked you before, and you talked about Brennan for five minutes. But do you think the audience is ready for a concept this innovative? No. See how matter-of-fact he is, everybody? That's because he knows the truth. This week, we are doing a roundup of reviews of all the stuff we watched and engaged with this week because we were really busy and this is the only thing that we can really talk about because we did a bunch of stuff and watched a bunch of things so we're just going to talk about all that stuff like a weekly review podcast or an episode or a show on youtube and that's it let's go ben how are you feeling today well i'm feeling terrible matt because i got off a three and a half hour flight my fiance had to do schoolwork afterwards and i didn't have to do that and i'm the one complaining not her so and that shows you who wears the pants here. It's me. Ha ha. But that, that pain is relevant to our discussion today because Ben spent the last week back in his turf that is the best for his love of Nerf. And he had a wonderful time. And we're going to go through this week in chronological order and talk about all of the wonderful things we get. Ben, what was happening 
in Chicago this weekend to bring you all the way across the Great Plains of the United States. So first, taking a step back, uh, this is episode 15 of Fourth Time's the Charm, which is the furthest we've gone along for any of our podcasts. So Matt, The fourth time was the charm. In a way, the fourth time was the charm at the very least. So we can at least hang our hats on that, and that's great. Um, number two is Matt and I, we have a lot of weird, strange interests, but we're going to try and pare down the focus into something that people can actually adhere to um, and actually, you know, trust in a more consistent schedule. And one of those main things we're going to focus on is movies, uh, as well as various outside events. So I came to Chicago, not the least of which to visit Matt, but also for me. to go to... If you're our friends and you're listening to this, you heard them. But also... To go to AEW Dynamite Rampage in the AEW All Out pay per view that was in the Chicagoland area this past weekend. One of the biggest weeks in wrestling history, arguably the biggest events in wrestling the past month of the past, jeez, uh, past 20 years. Yeah, and Ben, I think we'll, we'll get to the enormity of what was accomplished this weekend once we get to Sunday. But before we get to Sunday, Ben came all the way to town back on Wednesday. And the first thing that really capped off our experience together on Wednesday was going live to AEW Dynamite at the Now Arena in Chicago. Ben, tell, me, tell the audience a little bit what happened. I'm sure if you're listening to this segment you enjoy your AEW, or you don't know what we're talking about. So, Ben, hit him right in the middle ground. Um, I went to a wrestling event for the number two wrestling promotion in North America and arguably the world, which is all elite wrestling. Their flagship television show, Dynamite. I grew up going to WCW World Championship Wrestling, which used to be the old number one, number two competition to wwe who's always the top dog um but and aw is like is like a rise it's a it's a counterculture in regards to the format that wwe has been presenting for the last couple years yeah it's it's very punk rock in that way in a way um i would say that wwe is to maybe burger king what aw is to say in and out burger it's it's just catering to different no that's not a good thing no uh, that was no. that one that one was bad is it it's like if if wwe is the recent child's play remake aw is curse of chucky yes that's a great point it's something wwe has more budget more pomp and circumstance, but and AEW so stale. is much better thought out and much better put together uh, with more motivated talent, more convincing stories, and they treat their audience with a certain level of dignity and respect, whereas WWE probably hates their fan base more than just about any other uh, company in the world. 
You know, and WWE might be on USA, and they have characters, but AEW is a is a place a, a a bedlam of storytelling that each person there truly does have a character, and it feels like they have a reason to have that character, which has been missing from WWE. But to acquiesce onto the to the foundations of what AEW is, this was the first match or the first event in a week leading up to the biggest event of all. And we had some tremendous times watching it. It was my wife's first time ever attending a large wrestling event. Hey, hey Matt. Matt. Hey. What? My wife. It was her first time ever attending a wrestling event at all, and I think she had a good time, which is surprising given the fact that she doesn't watch wrestling. But AEW put on such a good show that it was able to – create such a happy and intense atmosphere she didn't even give it a backhanded compliment she just gave it a compliment which knowing her is i mean that's practically oscar award level yeah it was it was a good time too and i i loved it i had a great time i i met ben for his first time back in the town at the arena during the event which was a tremendous time we had absolutely wonderful seats shout out to um, r slash squared circle for my wife and I being able to get tickets at all and to Ben for helping be very vigilant on that subreddit. Um, we had a tremendous time. I think the card went well. Everything for, for, was for a me, good build was, up to what was going what on was, in the future. Yeah, for me, what was exciting this week is that my fiance and I also went to <sighs> Rampage. Matt and his wife didn't. So I could just lump those in together because they're pretty similar. But yeah. for me, what was special about this, about both events, is that growing up, I used to go to the WCW Nitro on TNT events back in the late 90s. So that's what I grew up doing. So going to Dynamite and Rampage this week was almost like a, a homecoming for me mm-hmm. in, in a weird roundabout way because they were the first times I was going to the you know weekly TNT wrestling program show since 2001 and it was better it's it's a it's a better product Mm. too no not than what you were watching then but i'm saying then what else what's otherwise available then what's on i i think that AEW is the most consistent most consistently good wrestling promotion right now and i think this weekend proved it honestly matt i don't think it really makes sense for us to talk about all that later we can just do it up here uh because i i feel like well i feel like all this sort of runs together it does it does but there's there's a there's a certain like je ne sais quoi to the narrative leading up to sunday okay sure go ahead boss yeah well so after a great night of dynamite 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 and a a a fantastic time we got some food and then we watched a movie that I've been meaning to watch for a long time, Ben had no clue was coming, is the tw- 2021 uh, movie Censor, directed by Prano Bailey Bond. What uh, is a fantastic, twisty, turvy um, thriller, I would say, almost more than like a straight horror film. Ben, what did you think of the movie Censor? Censor, to me, is one of the best, like, religious warning horror movies i've ever seen Mm. you know those really preachy movies are like oh jesus is gonna get you if you're bad i think that censor was almost a play on that 
but it was really effective too. The whole concept behind it was it's it's the movie takes place in essentially think like one dimension over from us where the world's mostly the same except movies focus on essentially near snuff film status well the the main character is a censor for films she censors horrible right so instead of so instead of having movie censors be like a section of some governing body who just runs through stuff. Pretty much every single movie that comes out is just weird, sick and twisted and violent stuff featuring testicular torture and all sorts of not so good stuff, but it's still movies. So we follow this woman into her descent into madness as since she's a censor, she watches all of these terrible, awful, gory, traumatic movies while she's also coming to terms with how her own life is progressing. And it's a really unique take. The end of it is super cool and interesting. And if you have even the slightest remote interest in this movie, I won't say it. But it's a very well done movie. And the cinematography is expertly done. The editing is really good. The acting is very good. I can't yeah, think it's, of any it's, adjectives it's, other than good. It, it's, it's, just, it's wonderful. It's captivating. It's it's really it's a, it's it's a really cohesive. It's a yeah. That's it. It's a very entranced movie. They do a very good job of making you feel the same way as the main character through her yep. journey. Oh, yeah. It's a very empathetic movie. You you really are along for that emotional journey. Unlike Calvier. And and honestly, it's a very it's a very simple movie. Yeah. I I appreciate movies like Censor that have a very basic idea that's informed by reality and they just ratchet everything up 10 percent. i i love this idea of movies where it's like okay well, what if we take this one bit of society and make it just ever so slightly different mm-hmm. and, and, and see and what structure, happens and they say structure the narrative around it they use it they use her job as a film censor and the type of movies that that come across their office's desks as a linchpin for setting up the way this woman explores the mystery throughout this throughout the setting and the, and the script and i think it like you said ben it, it really captivates you and makes you feel like you're on the journey with them like you're experiencing the same reality bending nature to it and it's it's a movie you don't want to know too much about but you need to dive into and it's, it's a quick movie it, it comes and goes so you're never there's never a moment where you're like What's coming? It's an hour and twenty-four minutes. It really just gets in and gets out. It very much follows. It it very much betrays the expectations you have for the movie, Mm -hmm. and because of that, even though everything's simple, it still works extremely well. Agreed. And so that was the first film and the first wrestling event we engaged with this. God, that was fucking dry. What? That (laughs) edit. No, no, I'm talking about me. Oh yeah, this this movie is uh, it's uh, very special. It's uh, we're building yeah. the energy, Ben. All right, all right, because we're coming up. Because then we get to Thursday. Thursday, there was no wrestling. 
And but we we wanted to watch a movie. We wanted to dive into another movie that kind of reminded us some of the movies that were in Censor. Before that, we played Soul Calibur, and because Nick won't listen to it, uh, Ben styled on his ass. Yeah. Uh, so movie... none of us have really played much Soul Calibur. So yeah. Matt, I played Soul Calibur four when it first came out, and that's that's it. I played a few games of Soul Calibur two at a Best Buy because Link's in it on the GameCube version. Um, but Matt, one of my favorite things about Matt is he'll just casually go on the Xbox marketplace and just randomly buy full price games. Like it's nothing. And for me, I'm like, wow, it's like Christmas. I get to watch people buy things. It's like, it's like an unboxing video, but in real life, Mm -hmm. you know? So I appreciate that. Uh, but he went ahead and bought Soul Calibur seven. And I think I might have to also, because it's quite enjoyable. The gameplay very different style than maybe a Tekken or a Street Fighter. But all of us who barely know how to play the game, we decided to play. Matt stayed pretty solid throughout. I had random flashes of brilliance. And Nick actually got worse the longer he played. Our, yeah, our he, friend Nick. He had a lot of success early. And then and then I don't know what happened. Yeah, Everything it, just kind of fell apart. But Nick, Nick Ben got better. Yeah, Nick, when we last played, ended up going 0-7 against me. And I swept him about four of those times. <laughs> so after Soul Calibur... Oh, yeah. We decided to watch a 2004 So film. actually, I'll, I'll introduce this one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Matt, Matt and I, we love watching weird-ass movies together. Oh, yeah, and so true. we were discussing horror movie icebergs, which are, it's essentially people create what's called an iceberg, and it's like a tier list. But the further deeper in the tiers you go, the more specialized or the more obscure or the more extreme something on that list is. So on someone's list of intensely scary horror movies... Not even scary right. necessarily, like like weird and off-putting. They're yeah, like over the top. To it's put on the same level as snuff-adjacent films, like movies that simulate snuff films. Yeah, or or show like accident footage from like car from, accidents, or right? Like war. So from that, right alongside it is a movie called Calvair which is a French-Canadian movie from 2004. Matt introduces this movie to me, and he says, Ben, we got to watch this. Ben, I've had this movie, and I've never watched it because I can't get anyone to watch it with me. It was mm-hmm. released in 2004. It's been banned in the U.S. because it's too freaking extreme. This is because that's how the movie was. That's how the movie was sold to me. Matt, Matt, is, I- this, is this the Excuses podcast? No, it's not. It's fourth time's the charm. So... We put the DVD in, and I'd like you to imagine a French-Canadian deliverance where somebody is kidnapped in the backwoods by a guy who's next door to some goat-chugging villagers. And what happens is we watch the movie. It does a very good job, much like a deliverance of building up tension. What's going to happen to the main character? When is something bad going to happen to him? Very yeah. nice, tense scenes. 
really good understanding of like of pacing and atmosphere and all the while matt and i are getting more and more stressed and nervous because we're like wow if this is put on the same levels near snuff films like the back half of this must be crazy i was gonna say like and there's like a point where like a couple things almost happen and, and then it, it kind of fades or doesn't really kind of commit to showing you everything which is literally the opposite of what we were informed about this movie. Yeah. So before it, long, the movie's over. It will just ends. Yeah. It just, it just flash ends. Like the end is s- not earned. No, like he the, gets crucified the, the ending, midway through the movie, and it doesn't matter. The ending matter. is set up midway. Th- it's set up midway through the scene prior. Mm-hmm. And it almost feels like they just ran out of budget. So they're like, ah, shit. Can you guys just go into the field and do this gimmick over here? It was and not it, a good movie. Or I'm sorry. Well, I, that, that's a lie. It was a good movie. It, but it, it was, was very disappointing for what we were expecting it to be. It was terrible only because of our expectations and what we were expecting to get out of it. Um, which really, really didn't happen. And unfortunately... Oh well, I guess I guess fortunately, first Friday happened. And we already touched on Rampage. Is there anything else you want to say about Rampage, Ben? You want to just keep diving forward? Uh, my favorite thing about these tapings, or one of them, is that both nights the last match had Sir Pinnacle and Doctor Luther in them. They are the jobberiest tag team in AEW. They are bottom of the totem pole. They refer to themselves as AEW's house band, which I think is so charming. So they always come on last. They always get their asses kicked by like top level baby faces to send the crowd home happy. And that's their job. And they just do a really good job of it after people have already seen three hours of wrestling. So kudos to Serpentico and Luther. They deserve they deserve a title run. No, they do not. Yeah, I I, I want I wanna see I wanna see Luther's his name yes the original death dealer yeah i want to hear him scream and chuck sir Penigo and like at someone head first have it look almost disgusting guy busts open quick one two three win the championship get pinned 25 minutes later and lose it but man they deserve that one shot that one moment are they 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 need to they eliminate one of the young bucks in a tag team battle royale. Considering we just watched arguably the greatest tag match in wrestling history on Sunday. Yeah, they should go over clean over in the Lucha <laughs> Brothers. I I disagree. I disagree the most a person could disagree. We'll get to that. So before we went before I went to AW All Out matt watched part of and i watched all of blood freak which was matt's second miss of the trip matt can you explain blood freak to the peanut gallery all right so so blood freak is a 1972 x-rated movie it is about a a biker who gets a job at a turkey farm and agrees to act as a guinea pig for some chemicals that need testing failing to anticipate the murderous side effects of turning into a giant evil turkey who hates drugs and loves Jesus. And boys, this movie seem really special. I it's bought it not. from I bought it from the same place that I bought the Calvary DVD that I found in 
my basement as soon as Ben came over. Um, alongside this, which I've had, I have a series of movies I've bought from old record stores, and I just have them in boxes, and I haven't watched all of them because they need to be properly enjoyed. And man, Blood Blood Freak made it onto the television this weekend. <laughs> ben, what 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 was the general atmosphere of Blood Freak? Would you say, especially having seen the ending? Blood Freak was about a man who smoked marijuana and because of that it made him susceptible to the after effects of lab grown turkey meat which gave him a giant turkey head and a thirst for blood so he would run over to people who were also imbibing on drugs he would hang them upside down and he would slit their throats and splash their bright kool-aid red blood on his face except for one dude who he just randomly sawed off his ankle and then left him alone i missed that one he was he was a guy who was trying to sleep with his woman Mm. so but then it turns out it was all a dream apparently this was an influential movie for the x-rated movie scene some sort of cult classic I've seen cult classics. The Super Mario Brothers live action movie is closer to a cult classic than this. It's better it's better than Revenge of the Killer Tomatoes. If you take out how intensely racist and xenophobic Attack of the Killer Tomatoes is, then Tomatoes is much better. But because we can't avoid that, then I then I'd say they're kind of par. I, I would rather show Blood Freak to a crowd of people than I would show them Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. It's also shorter. Yes. True. That, also only an hour and 26 minutes long. All right. Well, after we watch that. <laughs> um, I don't. Well, I, I, they, they had a narrator who was explaining the plot just to pad out the time. He was talking about how people need to listen to the government and be healthy while he's chain smoking. And then at the very end, he has a coughing fit from smoking too much. And I don't know if that was a joke or not, but the rest of the movie was played so straight, I don't think it was earned. It was all it was all a work. Blood Freak might have been a disappointment, but the two, the two things that came next were not. Not more disappointing than this podcast, man. Not at all. I mean, if, if, if Brennan's still listening to this, you're a champion. I'll start to like you if you make it to this point. Um, but on Sunday we got to the real, the real quality, the you real. You know what? You know, man, we real gotta spice. Magic. Hold on, we gotta spice this up. Oh. Um, I think I'm going to put in some Maui, cool Maui. background music in here right about now. What, what, what do you want to play in the background while you discuss this? Uh, put on Wormwitch, their new album, Wolfhex. Okay. Any song in particular, or is it one of those one-song albums? It's not a one-song album. Um, give me one second to look at the album list. The track list so I can say the name. Uh, I would put on Teeth of the Dawn. Cool. All right. Well, that's what's going to play here in three, two, one, bang out. All right, Matt, keep going. All right, so on Sunday, we had two amazing things Sunday, to do. Sunday, Sunday, live at the Now Arena. It's AEW All Out. 
Yeah, Ben went to All Out and we watched it on television. So Ben, the most expensive ticket on the third market in wrestling history. Oh, that's a that's a great thing to say. So the the weird thing is that it's the same arena as the prior two shows. We get there earlier, three minutes before the doors open, and it took us over a half hour to find parking. And we had to park not in the first lot, not in the second lot, not in the third lot, but in a neighboring parking lot and walk over. I have no idea what happened, because it didn't seem like there were that many more people than prior nights. Yeah, we got there after the doors had already opened, on Wednesday and got and parked in the first lot. So, Literally, we sat down about 10 seconds before the first match started. Wow, that is incredible. Which means we also finished our prior activity in the day a lot, uh, at the exact right time, but we'll get to that in a second. Just to wrap up All Out, I think that the All Out pay-per-view is going to be seen as one of the greatest pay-per-views of all time. People are already putting it on the Mount Rushmore of wrestling pay-per-views, which if you ask me would probably be Bash at the Beach 1996 where Hulk Hogan joins the NWO. Well, well, let's think about this. WrestleMania 3 where Hulk Hogan slams Andre the Giant. Yep. You have WrestleMania 17 Rock versus Austin end of WCW those, I think, are always going to be numbers one and two. Yeah, it's kind of hard to deny their effect. Well, because nothing else had had the ability to have that effect. It's like the Beatles. There, there have been no pay-per-views to be as transformative. Except for maybe the first All-In in 2018. That was All-Out yeah. 2021. Where you had... Where, Matt, I grew up going to WCW where every week it felt like the whole show was about to fall off the hinges and it was going to come to a careening crash and you really got the same feeling on dynamite where we end with the big heel team beat down in a cage and yeah, we really yeah. really got that at the end of the all-out pay-per-view where not only do we get the debut of adam cole baby not only do we get adam cole turning heel and joining, joining the elite Ooh. But we also get the debut of Brian Danielson, who main evented night two of WrestleMania this fucking year, like four months ago. It was in a main event level program even sooner than that. Arguably one of the biggest and most influential wrestlers in wrestling right now. Inarguably. Absolutely. He's one of them. And one of the most tremendous talents we've ever seen. For people who don't watch wrestling, I don't know why you're still listening to this. Why do you watch our podcast? But just to humor myself, the arrival of Punk and Adam Cole alongside having what is pound for pound one of the greatest pay-per-views of all time, top to bottom, featuring the debuts of Minoru Suzuki, Ruby Soho, formerly Ruby Riot, alongside these guys, it's... There are very few events that can be viewed as transformative, but the fact that WWE is being so anti-consumer right now, and the fact that AEW is literally firing home run after home run after home run after home run, shows that 
thing tides are really turning. This mm-hmm. has not happened in American wrestling since Scott Hall showed up on Monday Night Retro and Hulk Hogan turned heel in June, July of 1996. I, yeah, it's hard to follow that up, Ben. That's a fucking good point. I, I, I Well, I mean, because even I'll give you some more time to think about it, because for, for me, it's weird because I like to think of myself as almost an encyclopedia of wrestling. So... I knew coming in this was going to be a big show. And as I'm watching it, I'm getting almost anxious, Matt. Mm-hmm. Do you do you ever go to a show and as you're there, you get anxious? Because you go like, wow, this is special and I wish I could bottle this energy. I, I get because you Because you know that this is like a fleeting moment in time that you might never experience again. Yeah, 100%. Well, I, I, I feel just like utter revelry in those moments. I feel so happy and like it, it's a, it's such a like a huge uplifting feeling. And, and it, Dynamite and AEW as a whole has been giving that feeling a lot. But there's that moment for me at a show where it's been paying off so well. That moment's been like swelling and swelling. And I know there's like two songs left. And if like they don't, and there's a there's a way that you can hit it that it'll hit it beyond what it could ever have been before, or they can just kind of run out nice and clean, or they can drop the ball. A AEW did the did the amazing like you you play an incredible set, you end with one of your top songs that everyone's been itching to hear live. You do a quick encore where you come out, you instantly play a big fan favorite from the past. Then you play like a newer song or a cover that really hits at home with the crowd and everything is just left speechless. It, it was for me, it was weird because as I was watching it and as I'm watching the Lucha brothers and the young bucks have Ooh. one of the best tag team wrestling matches of all time inside a steel cage. I'm like, wow, this is something that I've been waiting for again since i was six years old like imagine that imagine watching something and you're like wow i have not experienced this in 20 years and the fact that it's been gone for so long and i haven't been able to do anything about it and the fact that i'm watching it happen again was almost like a inside of me it was almost like a it was like a nervousness Mm because i'm like it's it's actually happening, you know. It's actually here. Like these guys are actually doing things that I can't believe anymore. It was like melting my heart. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's like something finally being good again. It's like I it's how I imagine Chicago Cubs felt when the the Cubs won the Stan Stanley. Wow, uh, won the World Series as after a century of losing. Like the fact that it's like we are finally back and it's real. And for with wrestling, I remember I I remember watching wrestling with you, and all the time we spent watching and hearing you talk about wrestling, and as it's gotten worse and worse and it stayed bad and there was nothing else and nothing else, like trying to like jump on and watching other things and smaller indies and New Japan just for the hold on to like some form of good wrestling out there, and being consistently let down and like insulted by the product we were watching. And going to that first AEW show and being like, wow, nothing like this is going to happen again. That was great. You know, maybe they'll get a small network deal or get something. They'll be like Ring of Honor. 
and watching it come to this and seeing how excited you came became again to talk about it and talk about what was coming next. It's been amazing. It's made all of us more excited too. It's just such a breath of fresh air and it looks so simple too. Like none of this should be as hard as it has been, but having wrestlers do rematches every single week on WWE programming, it's dull. And if you're a child, it's probably great. Yeah, because you get to see it again and get reinforced. But at this point, if you genuinely enjoy the storytelling in WWE beyond two or three programs at a time, you're not very smart. Uh, Either that or you have a child. I truly believe that. If you watch WWE Weekly, if you watch three hours of Raw and two hours of SmackDown and you genuinely enjoy the show, then you're an idiot. (laughs) I I truly believe that. I truly think you're a stupid person. I think if you take an IQ test of AEW fans and WWE fans, and I've been to both shows, I've talked to people who go to both shows. I think if you do an IQ test, pound for pound AEW fans are going to be smarter than WWE fans. Just because you you can't watch it, you cannot watch WWE and think it's a coherent show. If you have a child, yeah, sure, that's fine. And if you enjoy WWE and you have a child, yeah, sure, that's fine. But if you are over 12 years old, if you're a teenager and above, and you appreciate WWE storytelling practices, then you're really stupid. Across five hours. You are a stupid person. Stuff with Roman Reigns is decent. You are a stupid person. You're an idiot. You do not bring intelligent discussion with you wherever you go. If you give an opinion, it is most likely wrong. Now, if you sit there and hate watch WWE, that's almost worse. Because not only are you dumb, but you're also self-flagellating. So just stop it. When there was only WWE, that was one thing. But now there ain't. Now you got AEW. You got Impact. You got Ring of Honor. You got New Japan. You got the Indies. There's no reason for anyone who does not have a child to be watching WWE right now. Unless they're really stupid. Matt? Yeah, so uh, after that, so earlier that day, we went to Six Flags Great America. Yep, and Matt and I rode the Little Dipper, <laughs> and we were, and we rode a 4D shooting gallery ride that was <laughs> DC Comics themed, and it was really we bad, rode, but I got the we, high score. <laughs> I thought that game was genuinely fun. It was the ride was impressively made. Those rides always surprise me with how well they're able to fit so much into a small space. And we also went on a teacup ride, the spinning teacups, which was five. It was was ten times more nauseating than the ones in Disney. It was, it was shockingly fast. It was legitimately like one of the fastest spinning teacups I've ever been in, and it rocked slightly back and forth in addition to spinning. Yeah. So it would pitch side to side every like rotation or two. 
it was wild it was really a wild experience i'm glad i didn't do any other roller coasters but man was that wild what was really wild is that there was this kid he was wearing a wwe shirt and we walked up to him and i said hey kid how are you and he goes he goes who the fuck are you don't talk to me stranger i go haha that's great i go how old are you and he goes do i need to call the cops and i go no it's a wrestling question how old are you he goes, I'm, I'm like 15. I go, cool. I was just asking for your age. I don't need a like 15. Just say 15, you little shit. I ask him, I see you have a WWE shirt on. Do you, do you watch WWE? He goes, yeah. Yeah. I go, how much WWE every week do you watch? And he says, I watch Raw and SmackDown. I go, great. What do you think of it? He goes, you know, I, I, I really like it. Roman Reigns is my guy. I go great. Who else do you like? He goes. I like the Street Profits. I go great. Who else do you like? He goes. You know, I, I, I really like. Uh, I, I, I really like Baron Corbin. And I go. Okay. Okay. Listen here, you little shit. I'm not. I'm not here for this garbage. I'm like. I'm like. What, what was? What was your favorite Baron Corbin match this year? And he goes. Baron Corbin versus Roman Reigns. And I go. Which one? You little dipshit. There's twenty of them. Huh? If you're such a fan, why don't you fucking tell me which one was the best one? Um, and then I got out of jail just in time to make it all out. You're unhinged. I'm, I'm, I'm a lunatic fridge. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that, that sums up our time at Six Flags. Uh, we, we also watched two episodes of the show Channel Zero. It was really good. Yeah, it was it's a... weirdly it's a, acted. It's a TV show on Shutter... Shutter. That's based off of creepy pastas and adapted into a TV mini season. Um, it was shockingly all right. We made it about a third of the way through the season, so two episodes. Uh, we watched it together, riding on the carousel. Um, <laughs> and we we, the... we we did ride a carousel, and we did make a man uncomfortable, but ha- I think have a lot better of a day than he was having. Yeah, the ride Back... operator who had deep deep drug bags under his eyes was asking us what we were doing and when we said we were watching a tv show he responded on the intercom with that's cool no it was that's funny that's funny it was it was wonderful it was a good time and the show was surprisingly good it it does a good job of building suspense and it's well shot and it had some weird editing and it was a little jumpy at times but it got the idea across, and it did set at a good tone and vibe, even though we were watching it, you know, not on, like, a big screen. So the guy asked me, he said, hey, you got a wrestling shirt on. You watch wrestling? I go, yeah. He goes, you watch WWE? I go, no, because I'm not a little bitch. <laughs> All right. Do you watch WWE? He said, yes. Yes, sir, I do. I go, who's your favorite wrestler, Goldberg? And I said, All right, you're okay by me. I, I just want to clarify none of these wrestling encounters happened. Ben did not verbally assault a small child. Don't come for him. He's Says nice. you. Says oh, you. Oh, jeez. Oh, Ben, no. Don't, don't, don't hurt anybody. If, if, if I, if I saw anyone in line at All Out who's wearing a WWE shirt, I spit on him. I said, <laughs> All right. And so that wrapped up the weekend. All Out was a tremendous experience to watch. The I have not returns. slept. You, you know, Matt, how there's, like, sweat sweat, where you're, like, working out sweat, and then there's clammy sweat? Yes. Yeah. I, like, 
I showered the clammy sweat off and the clammy sweats back. I feel like I'm a hostage on my own podcast. <laughs> it's it's the Monday Night Raw of sweat, Matt. I, I'm afraid it's and dull. all of you should be too. It's annoyed. This is what happens. This is this is this is the secret horror episode of the podcast. This is the yep. David this is the David this is the Calvair of Four Times the Chart podcast. Well, you think we, you're getting one thing. If your expectations are set by the beginning of this episode, you are now afraid. Episode fifteen. It's a new streak for us. It's a new win. And starting next week, we are going to debut what we are hoping will become our new main show. Five stars under 50, where we review overlooked, uh, long-forgotten movies that are in streaming libraries across the web. The only rule is that they must have under 50 reviews to their name. Yep. On whatever platform we find them on. Yeah, unless we find a really good exception that's slightly over that, and then we'll yeah. If one has like ten, if it has ten reviews on one, and then has four hundred reviews on IMDb, we'll we'll consider it. But we'll see. We're gonna find some true specials. We've we've done this just as a habit. We love to just watch trailers and read movie descriptions. And after fifteen minutes of doing that each time, you end up end up somewhere special. And so we're gonna talk about those special movies. Yep. You know, Matt, funny story. This is, this is a heel turn. You know, Matt, funny story. Yeah, Ben. I got on the plane. I was flying back today. Oh, no. So I'm <laughs> flying back, and there's this elderly man next to me. He, he's, he's, he's writing shit in his crossword puzzle in his New York Times. Seems largely affable. He steals my armrest. I gave myself the middle seat, even though I'm six, four and a half. Because I want the lady to have her window seat as she requested. Because I'm a gentleman. And so what happens is he's he's writing shit down. And I see on his little stupid pad, he's he's looking (laughs) through some books. I go, hey, what's up, old geezer? You watch wrestling? You have any wrestling books in there? And he goes, actually, I do. I go, great. What 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 wrestling book do you have there? And he goes, a Journey into Darkness, the kayfabe story of of Cain, or is he's known not as Glenn Jacobs but Glenn Cain, and how he was burned by the Undertaker and sought to take revenge. And I go, you know what that means? He goes, what? That means you're a little bitch who likes little kitty shows, little kitty show bitch. And then he cried, and I was restrained for the rest of the flight. Well, I saw Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, and it was very good. It had a lot yeah. of good action. It was a little generic at times, but if you how accept you, the generics, How would you compare really it to, like, a Black Panther? It wasn't as grand as Black Panther. Well, it was in the scope. The scope of it was bigger. The power level, the, the intensity of the action was higher than Black Panther. Black Panther felt like maybe a little bit better of a movie definitely had more consistent good actors but this movie had one of the best villains i've seen in an mcu thing in a long time well for at least for the mainstay movies it was a lot better than black widow um and it set up a really good hero and it made it believable and it sets an interesting standard for how powerful things are going to be going forward that's actually very interesting i hadn't considered that 
and it had real kung fu like action in the movie like steady cam shots real oh, cause, old school cause shit. this was the first of like the new mcu right yeah this is well this is technically the second film in phase four the first was black widow but that's basically a prequel just to set up florence Pugh. um but yeah this is the first real movie in the in phase four in my opinion and it's a it's a banger it sets the power level very very high that's wild like there's an actual dragon spoiler dope Matt, I feel greasy right now. I feel actively greasy. I feel like if I was set on fire, I could, I could, my body oil could be used to like fry up burgers. Well, Ben, when you're feeling greasy and you're feeling slimy, it's time to get on out of here. And for everyone out there, please I have follow to edit us this. What am I gonna? What am I gonna leave in here? Instagram, follow us everywhere. Uh, hit us up remember be our biggest fan on each platform and you'll be mentioned to existential crisis <laughs> ben ben might not die this time he might not have a psychological break next time and honestly he probably does by the third time but we don't find out until it's the fourth time because the fourth time's the charm good night everybody good fucking morning unless you'll watch wwe fuck you fuck your 12 year old too so nick i just want you to know that you're a little bitch (laughs) and you're gonna be a little bitch the first time around and you're gonna be a little bitch the second time around and you're gonna be a little bitch the third time around and you know what? Even the fourth time around, you're still going to be my soul caliber bitch. Because sometimes fourth times ain't the charm, bitch. That was excessive. <laughs> <laughs>